I find as a coach using this system in my profession, I can shave off about three private sessions knowing somebody's Enneagram because I know their core fears and desires. So it helps me ask powerful questions around like what takes them out of the game? What is it they deeply long for? And then I help create a container that supports them in deeply and profoundly changing their lives from there. It's customizable to them. Welcome. I'm Alyssa Nobriga, your host of the Healing and Human Potential podcast a place for you to discover the multidimensionality of what it means to be human. Over the past 20 years, I've trained thousands of coaches in my methodology, leveraging my experience as a former psychotherapist, and I'm here to share with you all the wisdom and insights that I've learned along the way. Each week, I'll share with you life-changing tools to support you in awakening and manifesting your dream life from the inside out. We'll be exploring the intersection between ancient wisdom and modern everyday life, really diving deep into the art of human potential through the lens of psychology, spirituality, and coaching. Let's let the magic unfold. I am so excited to get into today's episode because what I'm about to share with you was a game changer for me personally, and it's something that I use every single day in my own life. And so we're going to get into an inside look into how different people orient to life. And I truly think of this as a superpower, knowing the wisdom. And so in this episode, we're going to be uncovering what is the Enneagram? What are the nine types, both the gifts and the opportunities so that you can leave here having a better understanding of which type you are, but then also how to apply it in your daily life. I'm all about action. And so we're going to be teaching you how do you use it in various areas of your life and then you'll have insights about both yourself, but how to actually be with others that are in your world too. And I'll give you tips on how to use it to support you also in growing your business, be a more understanding parent, and help you really thrive in your relationships. And so let's just start off talking about what is the Enneagram? It's a personality assessment test, and it's the best one that I've ever discovered. And I've tried a lot of different ones working as a psychotherapist. And I find that there's other tests and they're great for different purposes, but this is hands down my favorite for personality assessment because it's so comprehensive. So in this system, there are nine types of personalities and I'm going to share them with you here briefly now, but then in a moment, I'll unpack them in more detail. So the first one is the perfectionist. The second is the helper. Third is the achiever. The fourth is the individualist. Fifth is the investigator. Sixth is the loyalist, seven is the enthusiast, eight is the challenger, and nine is the peacemaker. And so you want to make note that this system really tells you about your personality, not who you are, right? This is about your conditioned self, your ego versus the essence of who you are. And we essentially have all the personality types, but we fixate on one main one. And this is another way that we've learned to get our needs met in the world so we feel safe and loved. So you want to really look at this through a compassionate lens. And although you'll mainly be one type, you still may show traits of others as well. And so you want to think of this like language, right? You've got your native language, but you also might be fluent in others. And so, for example, my personality type is the three, the achiever. But I also have a lot of type two, the helper. And so I tend to like to achieve things and then help other people do it. And so coaching is really the perfect profession for me. But I'm not going to dive too deep into the wings and all the nuances of the Enneagram in this episode. 
Here, I want to give you a really good understanding of what your main type is, and then you can start learning about others who are already in your world so you can help type them and then have a lived experience of all the nine types. So it's not just conceptual, but you know the different types in your world. And so let's talk about where did the Enneagram come from? The origins are really disputable. They've pulled from a variety of different places, mathematical, philosophical, and different spiritual traditions. And they really do have ancient roots, which have withheld the stand of time. And it also spans across all cultures. And so let's now dive into each of the nine types in more detail. And then I'm going to talk to you about where you can use this system to support you in your everyday life. But you want to think of the Enneagram like astrology. You can keep diving deeper and learning about it. And I've been a student of it since 2012, and I'm still learning a lot. And so just give yourself some grace as you dive in. So I'll share the descriptions here, but know that we're just scratching the surface since this is such an in-depth system and this is a really great introduction. And so it's good to know that each type ranges from unhealthy to healthy, depending on how much healing or personal development work somebody has done. So it might not be an exact specific fit for you and you want to hold that in context, keeping that in mind. So for example, I am a type three, the achiever. And generally, type threes don't do feelings well since they don't have time for them. They think it's going to slow them down. But I would say that emotional intelligence is one of my superpowers. So you want to stay true to what your experience is versus getting lost in all the specifics of each type and those generalizations. I really still do classify myself as a type three, and so you just want to hold that in mind. But let's dive into each type. And so the first one is the perfectionist, also known as the good person. And their core story is that I need to do it right to be good and perfect so that I'm loved and safe. And so some of the gifts of the one are that they are advocates for change. They're always looking to improve things. They always have an eye for that. But they're also well organized. They're responsible. They try to maintain high standards for themselves and for the world. And really at their best, they're productive, they're reliable, they're fair, and they're disciplined. But ones tend to have a fierce inner critic. And so compassion really is the medicine for that. And I love a compassionate self-forgiveness process that I'll share with you in some of the other coaching podcasts that I do. And so just to give you a sense of some of the famous examples of ones would be Mary Poppins. She's a perfect type one. Confucius, Nelson Mandela, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and Steve Jobs. So I had a one type client and she wanted to write her book, but she wasn't starting. And so I challenged her to have homework to start writing terribly for one hour a day. And she started laughing. She's like, I'm not going to write badly. But giving this permission helped her free up some of the perfectionism enough for her to get started. And then she wrote her book. And then we have the twos, the helper, also known as the loving person. And their core story is that I have to take care of others so that I'm loved and safe, right? This is an unconscious core story. And so when twos embody their highest quality, it's of unconditional love. And at their best, they're loving, enthusiastic, attentive, and appreciative. Twos are really good at taking care of other people, but some of their work is to identify what are their needs, right? So that they can move from self-sacrifice to self-honoring ways of being. And so to give you a sense, some famous examples of twos are Dolly Parton, Yogananda, Mother Teresa, Mr. Rogers, and Maya Angelou. 
So I had a two-type client, and when she joined my mastermind, she wanted support to launch her own business because she wasn't able to do it on her own. She kept supporting her husband's company, and this was a really smart move for her to have the coaching and support to actually make that transition. And of course, in the beginning, her family's needs started taking priority, and so we mapped out clear goals with dates to help her stay on track. And then I coached her on how to have a conversation with her friends and families to support her on her goals. And this was an edge for her, but not only did it help her actually launch her business, it also helped her after our work so she could continue being successful, having established these boundaries and learning to really ask for what she wanted. It was a game changer for her. And so then next up, we have our threes. This is the achiever, also known as the effective person. And so the core story is I have to be successful so that I'm loved and safe. And so when threes are at their best, they really can and do achieve great things in the world. And they're often very successful because they believe in themselves. They really show up to develop their mastery, their talents and abilities. And so at their best, they're efficient, they're optimistic, they're really charming and responsible. But threes need to remember to take breaks to recharge rather than pushing themselves to work too hard. So instead of trying to improve themselves, it's about embracing themselves exactly as they are. And really their medicine is to remember to accept themselves, their full human experience. This is how we tap into our inherent worth and value. And some examples of famous threes are Muhammad Ali, Oprah Winfrey, Deepak Chopra, Tony Robbins, and Michael Jordan. We've got some pretty powerful threes over there. And then we're up for type four. This is the individualist, also known as the original person. And so their core story is that I need to be different and special so that I'm loved and safe. And fours are emotionally honest. They're really deep. They're often really inspired by how they can renew themselves and transform their experience into something fresh and creative. But it can be helpful for fours to pay less attention to their feelings since they're not a true source of reality. And so if you're a four, you want to watch out for tendencies of melancholy, self-indulgence, or self-pity. But some examples of famous fours are Frida Kahlo, Prince Charles, Anne Frank, Rumi, Edgar Allan Poe, and Van Gogh. Imagine having a fulfilling career doing what you love, working from anywhere in the world, setting your own hours while making good money and a big impact. If that lights you up, then I'm super excited to share with you today's sponsor, the Institute for Coaching Mastery. This is my robust, accredited, year-long certification program for newer seasoned coaches, therapists, leaders, and those just looking to up-level their life in a profound way. We have an amazing community of students from all around the world who have really started their journey to expand with us both personally and professionally. And this experience is designed to give you the three things that you need to thrive. So first, you have all of the tools and support you need to move past what's been holding you back so that you can completely change the trajectory of your life. And then you learn how to masterfully and confidently facilitate transformation with your clients or your team, regardless of your niche. If you want to do health, business, relationship, or you just have no idea yet, we hold your hand through that. And then lastly, you'll receive my six figure and beyond signature roadmap that's customizable to meet you wherever you are. So whether you want to do high ticket sales, online marketing, or you just want to hit six figures without ever needing to go on social media, we've got you covered. 
and this truly is the most rewarding work in the world. We have new students now who have a waitlist of dream clients in under a year. We also have seasoned students who are doing $80,000 months. And this is really about creating lasting transformation from the inside out so that you can share your gifts and serve the world in all the ways that you're called to. And I've seen firsthand the power of what happens when you have the community to collaborate with, but you also have the right tools and resources to really thrive. And so whether you want to do your own personal development, you're wanting to become a coach, or you're just looking for a cutting edge approach to really grow your business, the Institute for Coaching Mastery is for you. You are held every single step of the way. And so if you want to get behind the scenes access to the Institute with three proven transformational tools for free to help you create the business and life you love, all you have to do is go to alissanobriga.com forward slash tools, or you can find us at alissanobriga.com forward slash apply now to see all the details and apply today. And then next up, we've got our fives, the investigator. They're also known as the wise person. And so their core story is that I have to be smart and capable so that I'm loved and safe. And some of the gifts of the five are that they want to find out why things are the way that they are, right? These are the people that want to understand how life works, whether it's from the cosmos to their inner worlds. And they're always searching and asking questions. They're diving deep into things, deeper than others usually go. And they often won't just blindly accept opinions of others or doctrines. And they feel a strong need to test the truth of assumptions for themselves and for the world. And at best, they're wise, they're open-minded, they're really trustworthy and curious. But fives tend to neglect their body's needs because they're preoccupied living in their minds. And so you want to make sure that you're helping develop your self-care habits like eating and sleeping well and making sure that you're working out so that you can live optimally, really connected to your body. Fives also tend to isolate themselves in learning. So having healthy boundaries and really being in touch with your community is going to serve you in the long run. And some examples of famous fives are Isaac Newton, Einstein, Stephen King, Amelia Earhart, Jane Austen, and Sherlock Holmes. So earlier on when I was starting to first coach, I took on this client who wanted to be more confident around women. And he was quite insecure. He didn't have a lot of interpersonal skills, which would be kind of typical for a five type who are very heady and studious. And so one day he came into my office telling me about how much more confident he was and that he was asking girls out all the time. And I was 1000% clear that he was lying to me, trying to get me to see him a certain way, to validate him. And I knew it wasn't going to serve him. So I was like, great. Yeah. And I reached out for my purse and I was like, I'm going to just take us to the nearest supermarket and I'm going to watch you pick up on a girl. And he burst into tears. And that was exactly what I wanted to have happen because he had been avoiding his emotions the entire time. And so me challenging him helped him access the emotions that he wasn't good enough. And then we had real material to actually move through. And so I guided him to secure the part of him that didn't feel secure. And as he did that work, it truly changed his life. But it started with his emotions. So then we have our type six. These are the loyalists, the loyal person. And their core story is I have to be secure and supportive so that I'm loved and safe. And some of the gifts of the six are that they're excellent troubleshooters. They're deeply loyal and they're also curious and they can foresee problems and foster solutions. Literally, they seek to anticipate and avoid risk. So they're always thinking a few steps ahead about how to prepare if the worst thing happens. 
And at their best, sixes are reliable, they're hardworking, they're honest and trustworthy. But sixes tend to overreact when they're under stress and they have a strong desire for safety and security. And so their work is to really become more trusting by questioning the fear-based worst case scenario thinking. And some famous examples of sixes are Mark Twain, Marilyn Monroe, Krishnamurti, Princess Diana, Tom Hanks, and Malcolm X. And I worked with a woman who was a type six and she hated her corporate job. She wanted to transition into work that she truly loved, but she also wanted to take a break to travel for the first time in her life before starting the new job. And she had all these stories about how unemployable she would be if she took time off, having taken a gap in her resume. But she also convinced herself that she wasn't going to make as much money if she moved to another location, another job. And so I coached her first to teach her how to question her mind. So this is really powerful for six, doing mindset work. And you'll learn that in other podcasts that I have coming up. And because sixes feel secure in knowing, we set some really realistic goals and mapped out everything for her. When she was going to leave her job, when she would travel, where to, as well as when she wanted to start the next job. And she was conservative with herself in these goals, which was really supportive for her with a more worried-based mindset. And so the combination of doing mindset work, as well as having a clear and specific plan mapped out, and seeing other people in the mastermind really be successful with going for their dreams, helped her finally take the leap to travel and find a new career. And you can't make this stuff up. Literally, the last day of my mastermind was on a Sunday. And Monday, she had started her new job that she was excited about. And she had already traveled around the world like she had always wanted to. So now we've got our sevens. These are the enthusiasts, also known as the joyful person. And so their core story is, I have to have fun and be happy so that I'm loved and safe. And sevens are extroverted. They're optimistic. They're versatile. And they're often the life of the party. So Seven's desire to experience everything life has to offer, and they're enthusiastic about pretty much everything that catches their attention, and they're super fun to be around. They often want to maintain freedom and happiness, but they hate FOMO or being bored, and that can be exhausting to try to stay on all the time or to be happy all the time. And Seven's don't want to feel trapped, but ironically, this fear traps them. And so if you're a seven, learning to be in the moment and really breaking free from this fear can help you find joy in the present moment, not just in the future or in shiny objects. And so some famous examples of sevens to give you a sense are Galileo, Mozart, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, Leonardo da Vinci, Katy Perry, and Elton John. And then next up we have the challenger, the eights, and this is also known as the powerful person. And so their core story is I have to be powerful and in control so that I'm safe and loved. And some of their gifts are that they have the ability to inspire and uplift people. They also aren't afraid of taking on a big challenge and they support the underdog. And so at their best, they're confident, they're truthful, they're direct, decisive, and protective. Eights try to find safety by staying in control of their environment, but at times that can be confrontational and intimidating if it's not done well. And so they might have had to grow up fast, creating really hard outer shell, but know that in the center, they have really soft, big hearts. And so their work is in allowing themselves to share their vulnerability with others when there's trust and recognizing that as they do, they're going to get their needs met better than trying to gain power through wealth, status, or force. And so some examples of famous eights are Napoleon, Theodore Roosevelt, Winston Churchill, Martin Luther King, and Aretha Franklin. 
And so I had an eight type client at one point who's a CEO and he was feeling really isolated from everyone in his life. He was working super hard, but didn't feel close to anyone at work or at home. And so he started off with his communication with his wife since she felt he really overpowered her. And although it was hard for him to hear that, he was really committed to doing the work because he loved her and because his marriage was on the line. And so through understanding himself and the Enneagram, it helped him in realizing how quickly he had to grow up and that he felt like he needed to take care of everyone else because nobody else did when he was growing up. And that realization really softened him. And he was willing to do the work which saved his marriage, but it also naturally showed up with his team differently. People gave him feedback for the first time and he was able to hear it. And so he's not only happier with his team, but he was able to have more leadership and had less turnover as a result. This is really powerful work. And so lastly, we have our nines, our peacemakers, also known as the peaceful person. And so their core story is I have to be easygoing and accommodating so that I'm loved and safe. And some of the gifts of the nine are that they're easygoing because they strongly value inner peace. And so nines are able to bring people together and really heal conflicts because they see things from a lot of different points of view, right? So then they become great mediators. And so they work hard behind the scenes in order to keep the group harmony, steady and flowing because they want everything to go smoothly without any conflict. And so at their best, they're patient, they're agreeable, empathetic, kind, and gentle human beings. But because they want to avoid conflict, they tend to be complacent and simplify problems, minimizing anything upsetting for them. And sometimes they feel invisible as a result. And so part of their work is to speak their needs after identifying them and then having healthy relationships with anger once they realize they have it. <laughs> and so some examples of famous nines are Abraham Lincoln, Eisenhower, Carl Jung, Marie Kondo, Morgan Freeman, and the Dalai Lama. And so if you don't know your type, I want you to start off thinking about narrowing it down. So most people think that they can take the test online and it's going to say you're this, but really the tests help you narrow down your results to a top two or three, because you're the only one who can type your personality since you know yourself best and why you do what you do. And so after hearing this episode and getting a sense, you can go to sites like the Enneagram Institute.com and then read about the different ones that you resonate with to help you find out which one is a fit for you. Or if you want to do a more extensive test, you can pay something like under $20 and get a more detailed version online at the Enneagram Institute. I like that one, but it's really important for you to look at your motives when narrowing down which type you are, since knowing why you do what you do is how I recommend basing your decision. So for example, eights, the challengers and threes, the achievers, they both typically are successful, but for completely different reasons. And so eights unconsciously want to feel safe by controlling the environment. Whereas threes want to feel successful so that they feel worthy through their performance or achievements. Okay, so now that you know a little bit about each type, let's talk about the different places that you can use the Enneagram where I use it in my everyday life so that you can get a sense for the various ways to take advantage of this wisdom in yours. So first is through the ability just to become more self-aware since the more aware you are of your personality, the better every other area of your life can be. But it can also really help you accelerate your healing journey, giving you insights into your patterns and beliefs so that you have a lot of focus in the work that you do and really resolve the core wounds that may be operating inside of you. And as a result, that's going to help you more easily step into your full potential and impact the world in all the ways you're called because you're no longer unconsciously just holding yourself back. 
But you can also use the Enneagram for parenting, right? Because every child has a different need and they want to be seen in a different way. And so using this can support you in better understanding each of your children and how you want to adjust your parenting so that they feel really held and you can communicate with them in a way that really does make them feel safe. But generally, do you want to do the Enneagram with your kids around 10 to 14 years old? That's a good time to have their personalities a little bit more developed. Otherwise, it's just going to be too early. Because I remember when our oldest was nine, she took the actual long test and she came out as a one, the perfectionist. And then she grew up a little bit longer. It was maybe 14 and she took it again and she was clearly a type seven enthusiast. But also our parenting can influence our children's types. And so you might also see how different professions bring together similar types since you have shared values and interests. Right. So, for example, investigators, the fives, they love knowledge. So you can see that they might work as a professor. Right. That makes sense. Or healers, therapists, coaches or service providers. To some degree, they have at least two in them, the helper. And so I find as a coach using this system in my profession, I can shave off about three private sessions knowing somebody's Enneagram because I know their core fears and desires. So it helps me ask powerful questions around like what takes them out of the game? What is it they deeply long for? And then I help create a container that supports them in deeply and profoundly changing their lives from there. It's customizable to them. But it also helps people feel really seen. Sometimes it sees them more than they've seen themselves. And that builds trust if I can help create that connection. I actually have two trainings in my coaching certification program around how to coach using the Enneagram and then how to use the Enneagram for sales. And so if you are a service provider or you manage a team, you want to be aware of your biases so you don't just project those preferences onto your clients or those that you're working with. So for example, the type two, the helper, might be great in certain roles like customer service or a role that really involves managing others. It doesn't mean that I wouldn't hire an eight type, a challenger for customer service. I'm never going to assume that they would be a fit based on their type, but I would ask questions in an interview process to help vet the level of work that they've done within themselves to see if it's a good fit for my company culture. But I also run a personal development company. And so I just use knowing their Enneagram type to narrow down the questions that I'll ask them in an interview process. So even if they're a type two, a helper, and they're being interviewed for a customer service role, which would naturally be a great fit for them, I'm still going to ask them questions around other things like boundaries or their level of awareness, knowing their own needs so that they don't burn out. And also because twos then can get really resentful if they don't have their awareness of their needs, they can swing to an unhealthy eight, the challenger. And so I use this to support me in hiring better to make sure I have the right people in the right seats. So I hope you're starting to understand above anything else, it's about the level of healing work that you've done or your personal development work so that you can really thrive with whatever type you are. In my eyes, this is the most important thing. And so the last topic that I want to bring up are about locations. So think about Bali or Hawaii. You're going to have more nine types be drawn to these places, the peacemaker, because they're really relaxed and easygoing types of cultures and have a lot of good energy there. Whereas Los Angeles, you may have more three types, achievers, right? They're more image conscious humans that are super ambitious. They get drawn to places like LA. And of course, this isn't always the case, but in general, people do have, they gravitate towards different locations. And so if you want more resources to dive deeper into the Enneagram, I really love the book Wisdom of the Enneagram. But again, it's really important to remember the Enneagram is not who you are. It's about your personality. 
And the more aware you are, the easier it is to consciously create the life that you want versus unconsciously living out of a fixation or a type, right? So the more presenced we are, the less programmed we are. And so feel free to share this with your teams or your friends. Open a conversation with your family using the Enneagram. It's really beautiful to do that or your romantic partner and take one simple step to incorporate the magic of this work into your life, whatever inspired you from this episode. And so I hope this has helped open up your mind to better understand how you operate in the world, but also better understand those around you too. And I'm sure you're going to start typing people around you, looking at life through a different lens, but I want to encourage you to kind of hold off on that and be in the curiosity around it and know that you can use everything, your strengths and your weaknesses to support your growth and awakening. Thank you so much for doing this work that changes the world, starting with yourself. It truly does make a difference. And if you're finding value in this podcast, a cost-free way to support us is by leaving an up to five-star review. It does mean the world to us. And as a thank you gift, we're going to send you one of the most powerful tools that you will ever discover. You're going to get behind the scenes access, showing you how to live into your full potential without letting fear hold you back from stepping into your dreams. Just head over to Apple Podcast or Spotify and leave a review now. You can take a screenshot before hitting submit and then go to alissanobriga.com forward slash podcast to upload it. And make sure to have your automatic downloads turned on wherever you listen so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. I have so much magic I can't wait to share with you. And you can find all this information in the show notes below. But lastly, if you're on Instagram, I love connecting and hearing from you. So come on over and say hello. I'm at alissanobriga. Thank you again for being here. I cannot wait to share more with you.